always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Switch your home to Sky Broadband today. See sky.ie for more. Inflation is here and it's hurting. The spike in prices since the start of the year has already cost most Irish households well over €2,000 when the higher cost of energy, food and fuel are totted up. And worse is coming. The cost of living is rising in Ireland and is rising very fast. And indeed, uh, this is the case um, all around the world. Most people know well that even before the current price spiral, we were always expected to pay more than nearly everyone else in Europe for nearly everything. We pay more for energy. The fourth most expensive in the EU. For our mortgages. Double the euros on average. Broadband. Before she's to 50% more expensive. The list goes on. Food is expensive as well. And on. Public transport is quite expensive in Ireland as well. And on. But why? And is there anything we can do about it? This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Connor Pope. Today, just why is Ireland so damn expensive? Dara Cassidy, you're the head of communications at Price Comparison and Switching Website Bonkers.ie and that's sort of a Bible for many Irish savers. Everyone is obsessed with prices right now, understandably, because they're changing almost every day. But one thing that hasn't changed is that Ireland is a lot more expensive than other European countries. It is, but whether the wages are enough, I think, is the most controversial thing. So we have a high cost of living, but we also have high wages. Um, But just looking at the statistics, according to Eurostat recently, prices here are about 40% above the EU average. And only Denmark is actually more expensive. We're more expensive than traditionally expensive countries such as Luxembourg, Sweden, Finland, way more expensive than Germany, France and so on. So we, we are expensive and prices here are high. Where is Ireland more expensive than the rest of Europe? Where we tend to do quite poorly is actually in areas where the government either interferes a lot or doesn't interfere at all. So tobacco and alcohol are two main areas where we're really above average. And a lot of that is obviously due to government taxation. And now people might say that that's absolutely the right approach to take. We shouldn't be smoking too much. We shouldn't be drinking too much. Um, But that's where we're really out of kilter. Our tobacco costs are, according to the CSO recently, the most expensive in in all of the continent of Europe. They looked at 36 countries, so we've more expensive in Switzerland, Norway, Iceland. When it comes to alcohol, depending on who you're looking at, Eurostat or the CSO, we're maybe the first or the second most expensive. And also public transport is quite expensive in Ireland as well, and that's because the government doesn't subsidise it as mm. much as governments in other countries do. Now, I know the Green Party has done some, I have to say, commendable work by reducing public transport fares, although that's only a short-term measure for now. Whether or not that remains in the long term you know, remains to be seen. But um, there was a recent uh, survey done by Deloitte and it looked at the cost of public transport in cities throughout the world and it said Dublin had the second most expensive public transport in the world behind London. And then, of course, we have absolutely astronomical uh, childcare costs as well. We might focus on energy costs for a moment because, I mean, that's where a lot of headlines have been made in recent months because we've seen spiralling costs when it comes to electricity and gas. How much more do people pay in Ireland for energy compared to people elsewhere in Europe? 
Our electricity costs are around the fourth most expensive in the EU behind Denmark, Germany and Belgium. So again, ahead of quite traditionally expensive countries such as Iceland and Norway and Finland and Sweden. Prices are around 20 to 25 percent above average. And of course, that then feeds through into higher prices for all other goods and services because businesses are faced with higher electricity costs. Our gas costs are far closer to the EU average. They're actually almost bang on the EU average, which is somewhat good to hear um, we import a lot of gas from the UK which is quite a competitive trading market so that helps keep prices down and of course we have our own but the rapidly dwindling gas field and carbs mm. that probably keeps prices down a little bit but we're expensive for energy costs as well unfortunately. And why is that? I mean, what are driving the costs up? Is it because we're an island and the energy has to come further to get to us? It, it, it's controversial like there's several I suppose, different reasons. What's also interesting, maybe just first before we get there, I said we the fourth most expensive electricity costs. But when you strip out VAS and taxation, government taxation, and look at the net price of electricity, our electricity is by far the most expensive in the EU. It's only that country such as Denmark and Germany and to a lesser extent Belgium tax electricity to such a high extent to pay for a largely generous social welfare state that we fall down. But when you look at just the net price, we're insanely expensive. So that goes to suggest that there are real inefficiencies in the generation of electricity in Ireland that the government really needs to get to the bottom of. Why, though, are prices here higher? Well, we import a lot of fuel. We don't have a lot of natural resources in Ireland. So that leads to higher electricity prices and also other higher goods. So the oil, the coal, and um, most of the gas needs to be imported. We're an island location. We have a very dispersed population as well. So the infrastructure that we need to build for our electricity is more expensive. So you know, we have a lot of one-off homes in Ireland. There are still thousands of one-off homes being built every year. So you have to have pylons, pipes, really expensive investment feeding these random one-off homes. That's another reason why the National Broadband Plan has been so expensive as well. So that doesn't help. And then I suppose as well, like I said, just uh, you know, the dispersed population, small population doesn't help. But certainly with electricity, I think there are questions there as to why it's so high. And talk to me about mortgages, because they're also a lot more expensive in this part of the world, aren't they? Depending on the date, we're either the most expensive or the second most expensive, and we have been for years, really. Our mortgage rates are around double the euros on average. So if you were to, let's say, take out a mortgage for 250 or 260,000 euro as a first time buyer, you'd be paying back around an extra 170, 180 euro a month than you would compared to the euros on average. The reasons are numerous. Some of it's due to a lack of competition. Probably a more slightly controversial reason and the one that maybe the government doesn't like to admit or that some people don't like to admit is that lending in Ireland is still quite risky. And until recently, it was very, very, very difficult to take back ownership of a property if someone went into arrears. So, Connor, if you were living in even very socialist countries such as, you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, if you stopped paying your mortgage, after a few months, the bank would be literally knocking on the door telling you to get out. In Ireland, that's not the case. Now, we might say that's the right approach to take. 
because there are so many people who don't and who can get away, I suppose, with not paying anything, the rest of us kind of need to pay for them. Um, and banks need to hold a huge amount of capital in reserve for these bad loans. And that pushes up the cost as well. And you know, we're right now in, of course, a period of rising interest rates, it looks like. And we're going to be starting off on that trajectory with rates that are already way above the euros on average. When you talk about it in those terms, you're suggesting that maybe people are responsible because, you know, they, they don't pay their mortgages and then houses are hard to repossess. But surely the banks are the ones who bear the largest degree of responsibility because the banks were the, the organisations that caused the financial crash. And are we still paying the price for the financial crash now when it comes to higher mortgages and higher home loans? Yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, and you're right. I mean, had the banks not lended so irresponsibly, they wouldn't be in this situation. But Every country, every market, when you lend, there are going to be some people that can't repay their loan or their mortgage. And in any normal market, within reason, you're supposed to be able to then have recourse to that asset. That's why a mortgage is supposed to be secured lending. But certainly, and you know, I I think it was maybe the right approach to take during the height of the recession and that people obviously weren't kicked out of their homes. But we just do need to be, have an honest conversation about that. And we cannot expect to have really, really low interest rates if we also have a really, really, really difficult repossession regime. And as I said, in places like Norway, Finland, Sweden, you know, you don't pay your your mortgage. There are kind of big consequences. Like, it's not just about the, the individual here because people might think, God, you know, pushing someone out of their home, that's awful. A lot of it's with investment properties as well. People who have invested buy to less investments and the courts have treated them very, very generously. And, you know, kind of you took out Apple shares and it went a little bit sour. Nobody would say you should be protected from your investment. But sometimes that's what we feel with property, that people should be protected from the investment and not made to sell at a loss. And, and, and that does have, does have consequences. And you mentioned high rates and you mentioned the fact that we're likely to have much higher rates in, in, in the weeks and months ahead as the European Central Bank increases its rates of uh, interest. What impact is that likely to have on Irish homeowners' pockets? It depends how high they go. Um, but if someone, let's say, has a tracker mortgage, because trackers will be impacted immediately. If someone has 200,000 remaining on their tracker over 20 years and interest rates go up by, let's say, 0.5%, you're looking at maybe an extra 40 to 50 euro on your repayments. So it's not a huge amount, at least initially. But if interest rates go up by maybe 2%, 2.5%, you're then looking at potentially hundreds being added to your monthly repayments. And that could really hit people quite high. Now, we mentioned already that we have quite high interest rates in Ireland. And I've been saying ad nauseum any time I've gotten a chance over the past few weeks that I feel that the banks could potentially absorb the first interest rate increase and only recently PTSB came out and they actually said that. They said maybe the first 0.25% hike by the ECB could be absorbed because you know the lowest interest rate at the moment in Ireland is 1.9%. In France, you can get a rate for maybe close to 1%. In Finland and Portugal, you can get a rate of under 1%. So that goes to show you the margin the banks are working off. So I think maybe the first 0.25% could be absorbed. But if the ECB starts hiking rates by maybe a half a percent, 1%, 2%, as they have done already in the UK and New Zealand and America, you're looking at a big increase in people's repayments, unless, of course, you decide to fix, which I would recommend a lot of people look into doing. 
But talk to me about switching, because that's your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Are we a nation of switchers? We're getting better. I wouldn't say we're a nation. It does depend on the product that you're looking at. So when it comes to gas, electricity, maybe anywhere from 15 to 20% of people might switch. Anyone who switches can get a discount of maybe 30 to 40% for an entire year. And that would equate to maybe a saving of anywhere from maybe six to 800 euro a year. So, so it's, it's a lot of money. And gas and electricity, they are generic products. It's not like maybe broadband where you might say, well, do you know what? I want faster speeds. Or when it comes to TV, you might want a specific TV channel. And when it comes to food, it might be about the quality. When it comes to gas and electricity, that kettle is going to boil the exact same. Um, but when it comes to other products not so great, um, we're great with car insurance. And I always say to people, the obsession that people have with getting better value car insurance each year needs to be brought to other products. And the obsession that people have with the price of petrol, and uh, you, could, you could go on the street and ask everyone, what's the, the cost of a litre of petrol and diesel? And practically every driver and motorist would be able to tell you. Whereas if you said to someone, how much is a litre of milk? How much is a, is a sliced pan? How much is X, Y, Z? They wouldn't have a clue and I'm so fascinated I go into the supermarkets and they've raised the price of something by 20 or 30 cents and they just slap on a sticker saying everyday low value or you know and they pull on something you know yellow sticker to kind of perceive that they've actually reduced the price where they've increased the price and because we as consumers don't know what the price was or we don't make it an effort to remember we think we're getting good value so all of these price increases kind of you know go past us. Why don't people switch? I think there's three reasons. Firstly, they don't maybe realise the savings that are involved. So using example, using again the example of gas and electricity, people think, oh sure, you know, it's the same product. They're probably all charging the same price. That couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, maybe there's a fear. So with energy, maybe people fear that their electricity is going to be cut off. And maybe people, when it comes to the mortgage field, they'll be denied or rejected. And um, I would say with, with, with electricity and gas, it is almost impossible to be cut off. The worst that can happen is the switch fails and you just stay with the same provider and then you just start to switch again. If you go to switch mortgage and it's rejected, no harm. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. No one's going mm. to take the home away from you. Away from you. Um, and then there is the, the cultural element, the inertia. Sometimes people are happy to pay higher prices. They're just comfortable. Or maybe they think, you know, they're happy with the speed of the broadband. They like the quality of the food. They, they like the TV channels. Okay, that's fine. You know, I get that. But then again, there's the cultural thing of just, it's not in our mindset as much as, as in other countries to just seek out that better value. And that has a part to play as well. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that because you've said that Irish people have a morbid dread of appearing mean. What do you mean by that? We have an absolute fear of being perceived as being tight-fisted or scabby or not generous. I think Irish people in general were very, very generous and sometimes we're maybe a little bit too generous for our own good and not to pander to stereotypes but when you look at maybe the you know the germans and to a lesser extent the french they're far more watching the pennies than we would and we hate complaining we hate being perceived to kick up a fuss and uh, we don't really kind of like to haggle or argue about money as much as other countries do and in other countries you know it's almost seen as a sign of success and something to boast about to say that you negotiated something down or you haggled something down or you got a better price Ooh, that's not the same in ireland and and it does feed in through into slightly higher prices. That's not the only reason, of course, but absolutely does play into it, in my opinion. And where do you think that morbid dread comes from? 
I actually, I don't know. It's like everything that's cultural. It's tough to put a, a, a finger on it or one particular reason. For a lot of time, though, Ireland wasn't actually a very wealthy country. And I think you do find it's quite often the least wealthy countries that can be the most generous. Uh, you see with people as well, quite often, you know, and I have friends, and it's the wealthiest ones and the richest ones who look after the pennies the most. And it's often the ones who are less rich and less well off who are the most generous. So maybe there's, there's, there's that element that we just haven't been used to having a lot of wealth. I do think we are getting a little bit better, a little bit better at switching and saving, um, but we're nowhere near uh, as good or as militant as we are, you know, with with the Germans, for example, or even the British as well. And and, and, that does feed through into higher prices that we pay. Um, Even just like a quick recent example, I know it was reported in the Irish Times, and it was was really interesting, is that Heinz is in, in in a big fight in the UK at the moment over the price of ketchup and Heinz beans, where Tesco has simply said, you know, we are focused on laser-like, we have a laser-like focus on quality, our consumers won't pay this, this is an absolute disgrace. But they're actually pulling Heinz's products off the shelf in the UK Whereas in Ireland, they said, not to worry, this doesn't affect you. In other words, we're happy for you to pay the higher prices and we'll just keep the goods on the shelves. That to me is, is a perfect example of, of you know, the difference uh, between maybe the Irish and, and other countries. I just thought when I read it, I just thought it was so funny. Um, and, and even the way they phrased it as if, oh, there's no need to worry. Products will still be available on Irish shelves. No need to worry. And you can just you read between the lines. But I think that it is an example, though. They probably know that in the UK, people would kick up a fuss. That in the UK, uh, you know, people aren't going to accept as, as easily these higher prices. And obviously people in the UK are struggling. But I don't think they're necessarily struggling more than we are. There's no reason why they should necessarily be shielded, the British, from higher prices in, in a better way than us. So what options do we have, Dara? I mean, do we just have to accept that we live in a high price economy or is there anything that we could do collectively to get better bang for our buck? We are always, I think, going to be in a high price economy and that's not necessarily a bad thing, particularly if wages match us. Now, as I said, the big debate is whether or not wages do match us. I mean, wages here in Ireland are high. We've one of the highest minimum wage rates in the EU. And whether they're high enough, like I said, remains to be seen. But I think what we need to do is, from a personal point of view, is obviously shop around, not yeah. to be afraid to demand a little bit of better value. But I think the government needs to play a role as well. I mean, the government adds to the higher cost of living a lot. Um, I would like to see a Minister of State for Consumer Affairs uh, or perhaps um, the consumer being represented represented at cabinet level because we are obsessed with making Ireland a great place for businesses. And I get that because businesses create employment, they create money, they create income tax. We never seem to have that same focus for the consumer. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I think if the government wanted to tackle some of the costs, it could. I think certainly things like, you know, GP care, um, rolling out Solange care, having free GP care as, as most of the countries do, um, increasing the subsidies in public transport and childcare, that would reduce the burden on consumers. VAT could be reduced on certain s- sections. Insurance needs to be tackled. We have been talking about this for years and I'm just sick of looking at people constantly winning, actually getting money for the most ridiculous and frivolous of claims. It's embarrassing. It wouldn't happen in other countries. And that absolutely adds to insurance costs, to business costs and to the cost of living. That's it for today. This episode of In The News was produced by Declan Conlon and Suzanne Brennan. We'll be back on Friday.
never suffer the buffer again. Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa, gaming in the bedroom, or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base.